Oh, I'm, I was speaking very softly. Oh, okay. It's probably fine. You're doing a Ben Carson impersonation or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, guys, welcome on back to Lions of Liberty. We are here with yet another one of our reaction shows, the the fifth reaction show for the GOP debates. And uh, I, I don't know, I really feel like we deserve some kind of medal, some kind of an award for this, because uh, this this was a brutal t- day to get through. We really, uh, I personally watched about five five hours or so of GOP debating today, and that's a uh, that's no easy task for anyone, even the politically uh, politically addicted, I guess, as as many of us are. But let me just talk about who this us is for a second. Let me bring in my my esteemed panel, starting with uh, my man John Odermatt over in Pittsburgh. What's going on? Oh man, I'm uh. I'm delirious. I am. I've, I've been completely ISIS'd out. All I've heard about for the past two, two and a half, three hours, whatever the heck it's been, is ISIS is going to be at my doorstep. So, and I they have not. They have yet to show up this evening. I guess they're not here. They're not here. I well, they probably fell asleep. They were up watching the debate and just couldn't make it through. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, are you are you having adult beverage there tonight? This late at night? Yeah, I got a little uh, Sweetwater 420 and a little uh, Dad's Hat Pennsylvania Rye Whiskey. Not, not only are you drinking, but you're you're mixing, you, which I, I really can't blame you after, after sitting through tonight's debate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and and myself, I'm just having a little a nice little cider with a dash of rum, you know, a nice cozy drink. It is a very chilly uh, California evening here. It was uh, actually in the 50s today, guys. So, you know. Tough times. Uh, let's move along. We've also got uh, Leesburg, Virginia, paging Leesburg, Virginia, Mr. Howie Snowden, the godfather of Lions of Liberty. Hey, Mark. How are you wow. doing? How are you, you hanging in there? I, I hate all the Republican candidates so much right now. All right. Even Rand. <laughs> well, the refugee stuff he was saying it's a little irks annoying. me. But besides that, I mean, he's by far way better than all, all the rest. But wow, that was that was a long night watching that uh, neocon love fest. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. And uh, three minutes in, we've established that we are going to give, give the explicit label to this episode. I think it's going to need it. <laughs> Quite frankly, I think it's going to need it for, for all of us. And uh, finally, a last-minute injury replacement. We've got uh, – Brian did a, a, a really ingenious thing. He faked a back injury to get out of this, uh, and that was a really smart move. So uh, <laughs> to replace him, we have our legal counsel, uh, one Mr. Rico. Always last, usually least as well. How do you have a back injury and you can't Skype? I, I don't get that. But Well, I think it's more – uh, I don't think any body parts can really handle what happened tonight. I feel, I feel numb right now. <laughs> I feel that I will be sore all over <laughs> in the morning. It's the worst day ever listening to these people for five and a half hours, but – so so, why don't we just start off uh, briefly? I know Odie didn't see it, but uh, the three remaining of us were all all up there live blogging the uh, the supposed Kitty JV debate. So, uh, wh- why don't we briefly touch on any? I guess it really served as a preview of what we were going to see later, the uh, all about ISIS fest here from the Republican debate, because that's pretty much what the JV debate was as well. And uh, any impressions there, Rico Howie, from from this little uh, extravaganza, this first foray into neocon love? Thanks to Rick Santorum for teaching me everything I always needed to know about the uh, Muslim religion. He was just <laughs> a scholar beyond compare <laughs> during the debate, lecturing just constantly. He was great. 
Maybe he's a Muslim. Maybe Rick Santorum. Well, you, know, you know, all the warmongering he wants to doesn't seem very Christian, so maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did have that one good moment that was almost like, I mean, if you're going to buy into propaganda, that this is pretty good propaganda when he's like, ISIS has declared war on disabled children. And it's like, and I have a disabled child. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah, I started to get pissed off. I'm I like, want to go kill ISIS. Yeah, maybe I should be want to kill ISIS. That, that is pretty <laughs> that bad. one of their uh, bullet points on who they're declaring war <laughs> I think on? So. No, he was saying that they executed a bunch of disabled children recently. They declared like a fatwa against them. It's like those oh. sons of bitches. Because they're disabled. I mean, obviously, I don't support that. I mean, that's really bad, but... Um, that doesn't yeah, mean I still, necessarily still, agree with his I, solutions of, of no-fly no zones over Syria and such. I don't think us bombing more children is going to help that. So, but. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it was just when I was paying attention, but it seemed like there was always a split screen on Lindsey Graham, which I did appreciate. Definitely. Whether, whether he was talking or not, because his facial expressions were great. He's always on the verge of tears, Lindsey, and, and maybe yeah. they're... Tears of joy, uh, tears of anger, tears of sadness. I think it alternates throughout. But uh, he's, uh, you know, I, I got to say, I don't agree with a word that, that he says, but uh, he's he's a fun guy to watch up there. There was only, there, there was maybe five minutes of the undercard debate that I saw. And during one point, Lindsey Graham said, this might be a direct quote. ISIL is planning another 9-11 tonight, I promise you. <laughs> right now, they're planning another 9-11, and he, he knows about it. So why isn't he stopping it? <laughs> yeah, why isn't he speaking up with Riddle some more specifics? That, Lindsey Graham. Because he can't read our email. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he needs to look at our Facebook messages. Apparently, so ISIS them. has the most uh, advanced encryption known to man because they flummox everyone in our government. They, there's no way they could possibly <laughs> decode this ingenious well, encryption system they have. They kept talking about that the woman from the San Bernardino terrorist attack saying she had all these social media posts like saying she wanted to do all this like stuff. But those were the actual private messages that she sent to other people. So it wasn't like posted on her Facebook wall. So if they're going to see that, that means they need to be able to log into everybody's social media accounts and go through all our inboxes and read all our message traffic. They're, they tried to make it sound like, oh, we just need to look at their Facebook pages. But yeah, and if really that's the case, there's no <laughs> law preventing any agency from looking at Facebook pages. So either way, yeah. it makes no well, sense the, at the all. Well, the intel community wouldn't be able to do that if it was a U.S. citizen. But law enforcement – Wait, like, no, but they yeah. can't look at a public Facebook page? The FBI certainly could because they do law enforcement. But no, but I'm saying any I can look at a public Facebook page. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need a law to tell me to do it or not. Like I, anybody can look at it. It's on Facebook. Well, I, I mean, I guess it maybe you're talking about private pages and private accounts, but I mean, then that's a different thing, I guess. If, but I mean, if you're just talking about a public Facebook post, I mean, <laughs> nothing should be stopping any law enforcement. You're not agency. supposed to be spying on U.S. citizens, though. That's not it's spying. not spying. I'm, I'm looking, Howie. If I go look at your Facebook page right now, it's not, I'm not spying on you. I'm just <laughs> that's if, the... if you're looking at my Facebook page for the government, it is <laughs> really well, the, no. The the first thing for the Fourth Amendment. The first thing for the Fourth Amendment is you have to have some expectation of privacy, and if you're posting something in public. For everyone to see, you have no expectation of privacy, and so you can't have your Fourth Amendment violated. I'm just talking about the way it works with U.S. persons. Law enforcement's allowed to, so the FBI can, the police can, Department of Homeland Security can, but intelligence organizations cannot unless so they if know you for went, a fact you're dealing with the foreign terrorists or something so like that. So if you went rogue and like just typed in someone's Facebook and looked at their wall you would be in violation <laughs> went rogue <laughs> this guy's gone rogue he's looking at facebook <laughs> accounts again now if you're if they were looking at a terrorist who happens to be talking to you that's different 
Hmm. Have you been? These are some great rules that you guys have. So it's not the, the right number of hops. Let's get back too, to the right? debates. Let's get back to the debates. <laughs> ridiculous policies. <laughs> is there any more classified information you can reveal to us, Howie? This is nothing that I've said is classified. Oh, okay. This is I the didn't... law. <laughs> I gotcha. gotcha. Unless it's on someone's Facebook page, then it would be classified. <laughs> if I post everything you just said on, on my Facebook page and you look at it. Can you be indicted for spying on me? Hey, I, I don't do Intel working. I do cyber stuff. Oh, great. Okay. Well, then good. We're going to need you later you when we talk, talk about Car- Carly Fiorina. We're, yeah, we're going to need you when we get to the end of the, the main stage. So uh, any, any takeaways, though, before we move on from, from that initial, you know, two hour, the first version, I guess, ISIS Fest part one? Well, how long are those people going to be in? Are, are they going to be in for the, the long haul? Do you think? No, I heard they were talking before the debate. Um, they're saying, well, is this going to be our last undercard debate? And he said, well, we don't know if Fox Business for the next one is having one. But everyone in the media was saying they thought after if they do have one, then that'll probably be the last of it, especially definitely not after Iowa. So there may be one more kitty debate, but that should be it. Hopefully there won't even be that one. Just because they're over it. and Well, you might you might want to be careful what you wish for because Rand probably won't be in the well, next uh, big debate. Well, so. it doesn't really even matter, though. <laughs> Yeah, it really doesn't. He's 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 finished. But Would we'll he even participate? It wasn't really clear. I don't think he's finished, to be honest. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the nominee. But there I, were those rumors that if he didn't get in the uh, main debate, he was going to drop out. I don't know. That was debunked by his campaign. No, that was complete fabrication. He they were they were basically the quote was them referring to whether or not they were going to participate in the kitty debate if they got you know, bumped out of the main debate, and they said we'll make an announcement on that tomorrow. Then they took that quote and spun that as we're going to make an announcement on whether we're going to be in the campaign tomorrow. But they, uh, he's always maintained he's going to stay in through Iowa. I have no reason to believe that's not true. I, I think he'll stay in. I just, I just don't think he has a chance. I mean, especially because he paid for a, he paid for a caucus. He paid for. I don't think he's a chance either. But I don't see a, a very many people dropping out because I have a feeling different people are going to win Iowa, different people win New Hampshire, South Carolina. I think it's going to be a. Well, that is one scenario they laid out and. If that if if it actually got to some scenario where four or five people went in there with delegates, uh, it might make sense for Rand to stay in that whole time because he's probably gonna you know he's got that ground campaign at least that they tout in Iowa. I mean he's probably gonna have delegates there. He's probably gonna have delegates in any any caucus state, and I don't know he's not gonna have the momentum Ron Paul did though, and that's. I mean, that's the problem. So where is all this going? If you noticed in one of his first questions tonight, he criticized Trump. He criticized Rubio. But I don't think he said anything negative about Cruz this whole time. I think they still have their their, uh, pact intact. uh, Their dark alliance. Yeah. (laughs) The thing about about Cruz, they say that Cruz doesn't attack Trump. Cruz really hasn't attacked anybody, I don't think. I can't remember him saying anything bad about any of the other candidates. Rubio. Has he? But that I was mean, really I, just in the context of a the setup question. I don't know if it was really him going out of his way. To I mean, not just tonight, but they've gone back and forth about immigration stuff before. Well, right. Cruz, I mean, he's pretty much the odds-on favorite to win Iowa, right? I mean, it's always some... I, Iowa, yeah, for sure. Evangelical or someone that's leaning that way that, that does well in Iowa. Is he leading the polls in Iowa, though? How is the poll yeah, expert I here? Thought he yeah, was. he's leading the polls in Iowa. He's even ahead of Trump now in Iowa. Yeah, but Trump's way ahead, like, everywhere else. He's right. The more outrageous stuff he keeps doing, like, they're like, oh, well, this is going to do it, man. And, like, people just eat it up, and it just goes higher and higher. Do you think it – so what – could Cruz win Iowa, and then someone else, maybe not even Trump, win New Hampshire, but then Trump is so powerful that he maybe wins the next state, and then you really have an yeah. interesting scenario. But isn't that the way it normally goes is someone wins Iowa, someone else wins New Hampshire, and then 
it kind of goes from there because I it's think kind of, oh, who won in 2012? It was Santorum, right? Or yeah, yeah. Iowa. Or, or Ron are, Paul, Iowa, if you go by the actual delegates. Well, yeah. <laughs> Iowa and New Hampshire are not really representative of all the Republicans in this country. It's no. not. Not even close. Like, which makes Iowa's easy. not what like most people are like. <laughs> at all. Yeah. Thank they're, God. They're Just kidding to them. all Iowans out there. You're wonderful people, I'm sure. I know two people from Iowa. I like them both. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Scientific survey. Good people. All right. So, you know, as we mentioned, this was basically two plus hours of uh, everybody, the moderators included, uh, basically telling us that ISIS is going to destroy us, that uh, immigrants are, are coming here disguised as, as helpless refugees and as orphans, and they're all plotting attacks. They're all plotting the next 9-11s. And we better start thinking about some things like uh, at the at the low end of the that the the weekend you have the the Rand Paul section. I guess I guess Rupio is probably the quote unquote weakest on the immigration thing. Not not weakest for me per se, but weakest in terms of projecting strength at the border or what have you. But um, then yeah, and, and Rand Paul just suggesting we limit immigrants all the way up to uh, outright banning of Muslims, as Donald Trump suggests. So that's pretty much the uh, the range, the three-by-five index card of immigration talk that we're having in this debate. And frankly, I'm not impressed with, with any of it. Are you guys? Not a bit, no. That's all. No, I was especially irritated by uh, – it started in the undercard debate, I think, with Pataki, like railing against encryption and then picked up in the main debate by Kasich. These people just – they don't understand that if you weaken encryption, it's not just the government that's going to get in. Like foreign governments and criminals are going to get into everybody's shit. We're all going to be less safe. It doesn't do anyone any good and it's just – it's maddening to me. I don't know. Well, and they speak about it in such simple terms. Like Carly Fiorina and Trump also to some extent was talking about, well, we just need to get the, the you know the smart people, the people from Silicon Valley involved to figure this out. I know them. I know these people. got to get Zuckerberg. I'll ask them to help. I'll ask them to help. And isn't Carly the one that passed three debates talking about we got a crony capitalism and now she's openly saying we need crony capitalism to solve this? It's just pretty ironic. Do you, do you think they don't understand it at all or do you think they do and they just think, well, this will sound good? I think they don't understand it at all. Probably yeah, both. Probably right. I mean, yeah, probably and both. both. Well, yeah, both, actually. Considering the fact that Donald Trump's never sent an email before, it's probably, yeah, doesn't get it. He doesn't want to close the internet, just the parts that go to, like, Iran. <laughs> like, you know. like, it's like, uh... I mean, like... It's like a, a highway. I mean, look, sometimes I think he's just, like, a caveman, and he's just, like, brutally saying things that were... That there might actually be a point buried in somewhere, but he says them in such stupid ways. Like, when he says, you know, ban all Muslims, like... Maybe the rational tiny bit of, of truth in there is like examine people that come into the country. Like that's not crazy, but he says it as ban all Muslims. And like maybe when he says shut down parts of the internet to certain people, he just means like close the Twitter accounts of ISIS. Like I, th- I don't think anybody's like would be upset yeah. about that. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I just I I think he, he sounds he yeah. Go yeah, ahead. he doesn't even mean like don't let Muslims in America anymore. He just means okay, we're being attacked by some Muslims right now, so until we can figure out what's going on, let's pause that. And Like, it's it's a little more reasonable than some people. I mean, no, we shouldn't do that, but he's not saying no more Muslims in America. He's saying it like, a, you know, like, 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 um, like a guy would just say in, in the bar or something, like, you know, like in a very I, simplistic way that, that we know doesn't make sense, but it's it's projecting this, you know, we have a problem, we got to do something, we got to be strong about this vibe that he puts off, and that's why he's ahead in the polls, because he does it he, firmly. 
he purposely says it though in a way that no one could go further than him, but then he'll walk it back to a reason. Exactly. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, that's exactly right. Cause you can't say anything more extreme than Donald Trump, but then he'll sit there and, and still, cause no matter what you say against him, he's the only one that says something definitive and says something that people can latch onto and say, all right, at least this is, this is this guy who, who recognizes the problem and he's not effing around. He's not like these other politicians. He's up there and he's not, you know, he's, he's serious. It's he, he's even got me. I mean, if, if you take Rand out of the equation, I disagree with all these people and everything. If I had to pick one person who I totally disagreed with, I'd take him over the rest of them. I, I probably, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't want my words to be misconstrued, no, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I probably would too. I mean, just in terms of and if nothing t- else, he shakes things up and, uh, you know, it's fun to yeah. watch. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to fathom. I mean, if, if you put a gun to my head and Rand's on an option voting for any of these other guys, it's hard to even. Oh yeah. I'm not talking about I mean, voting for him. I'm talking yeah. about in the sidelines, knowing I'm going to get Hillary or him or Hillary or whoever, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I know I, Hillary's the worst. It's possible Donald Trump won't go to a bunch of wars. I mean, he, he seems opposed to a lot of stuff we've done, not because he's morally against it, but because of all the wasted money. He, and I, I can believe he doesn't like the idea of the United States government wasting money since he does seem to view it as a business. So maybe, if nothing else, that would stop him from doing he, completely he terrible seemed, things. He seemed to be against like all the interventions we've done recently, but now he's like, we got to get tough. I think he just thinks, like, oh, I need to say tough things now. I don't... I actually feel like he's more of a non-interventionist, but he knows that's not what sells when everyone's in this emotional fever pitch right now where they need to, like, we need to do something. We need to be tough, and we need to – so he's like, well, we got to take the oil this. and give it to the wounded warriors. <laughs> if, if you what look at his history, he's a, he's a lifelong I know, Democrat. Terrible. I mean, yeah. Like, he, I think he is a lifelong Democrat, but then I think he, he's planned this a while ago, and he started, like – prime in the pump with the old, the birther thing last election to try to get conservatives to get behind him and then he's just been plotting it up until now which i'm still a little suspicious that he might be working for the clintons well you know <laughs> uh obama gets a lot uh, rightfully so of criticism for doing all those executive actions or executive orders can't you see trump even going way beyond what obama does it, he doesn't like something well, we need to do this. We need to do this, and and the public, you would just frame it in a way the, the public would say okay, and he, you know, he'd get away with it, and that that part scares me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure I don't not not more so than the rest of them. I mean, than the rest of the non-Rans, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I who think- knows what Ben Carson would do? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I he'd be napping sixteen hours. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where to start with Ben Carson. Like, I mean. His his polls have dropped quite a bit. At some point, he's he's growing on me. (laughs) He's growing on me as a a God. As a as Brian McWilliams once said, as a a cute puppy dog, you just want to you know give give a bath and put a put a towel around, but not as a president. The moment think, of silence at the beginning was just so over oh, the top wow. ridiculous. That was awkward. Yeah, that, that, that irritated me. Yeah, the first words out of his mouth are a moment of silence for the San Bernardino victims. And I don't know, it's a couple of weeks ago. He seems like a nice, a fine man, as Donald Trump said, uh, the finest man. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't he's Donald Trump you. like. <laughs> That's another Trump Jeb. trick, trick by like the Jeb. way. That's another Trump trick is to like call everyone the nicest guy. Like Jeb Bush is such a nice guy. Great guy. Awesome guy. Uh, total pussy. That's basically what he yeah. said. I mean, not quite in those words. How about how but... he had to like totally go back on what we were saying about Ted Cruz during it? He's, he's like, no, 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 I didn't mean any of that. I, I've, I've met him in the last day. Yeah, we spent three days together, and uh, no, he's he's solid. It's cool. Yeah, he could, he could be Did my I call VP him a now. maniac? 
That's where it seems like there's some weird secret alliance going on. Truly, that Ted Cruz response with the maniac video I thought was hilarious. What was the response? I don't. I need Uh, uh, when uh, Trump had had called him earlier in the week a a maniac, and he posted on Twitter the uh, that you know that song maniac me. Oh, that was his response. Yeah, he's well. That's pretty funny. He put he posted tweets like to all the the good hearted maniacs out there, (laughs) and had like a link to that video. That's awesome. Oh, I didn't know that. Damn it. That makes me like Ted Cruz. It was probably just some staff, some, you know, some intern or something that, that thought it was cool. But I doubt yeah. Ted himself was sitting there on Twitter like, hey, someone find me the link to that, that maniac music. Maybe that's again. his jam and he's just jamming out to it. I'm a maniac, man. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> well, be. we're, we're learning a lot song? about Ted Cruz. What this was week. that song that uh, Shana really liked? <laughs> something ridiculous like. I don't know if it's like bon, it's everything Bon Jovi. It's like it's raining men or something. No, something like absurd. <laughs> what? Maybe that's why his congressional race didn't go. So I don't know. <laughs> We're going it's a little, it's a little Lions Liberty inside baseball going on here right now, guys. Husband, father, leader. <laughs> well, if anybody had followed Pennsylvania politics, maybe we should do a half hour of inside jokes to uh, to wrap the show up. What do you guys think? I'm in. All right, so uh, what else do we take away from from this debate here? I mean, I, I know we're kind of all over the place, but uh, that's how these guys kind of are in their in their foreign policy thoughts. It seems like was I drunk or did Rand get a lot more time than he should have based upon numbers? Yeah, I mean, then based upon numbers, <laughs> or both. Am I drunk and that happened? Let's be honest; he shouldn't have gotten in the debate. I'm glad he did, but well, he got a lot of speaking time, and he was going back and forth for quite a bit about the immigration, the refugee issue. Um, he seemed to be getting a lot more time than Carly, Carson, Kasich, or, or Christie, which I was happy about. Um, he just doesn't seem to me to have any charisma. Like I, I agree with most of his points, but he, people who don't already like him, I, I just don't see him swaying anyone. It, it didn't seem like he was natural when he was talking. Like it's all practice, rehearsed, like stuff. Um, but I, you know, I thought he did. He had really good points, and he did well, except for when he talked about that ridiculous refugee stuff he's got going on you know i and i really what really annoyed me is when you know he had a perfect opportunity to go after rubio about nsa spying and uh they're totally set up for it and then instead he takes a right and he goes to into the immigration refugee thing again and it's like i mean and that was after i I think he'd already talked about it once and then he goes after rubio for that you know that gang of eight bill and which is just like i mean i don't think that's a, a hot button issue right now and that was about you know all immigrants not just about terrorists or not just about rich you know people from possible terrorist countries as Rand's bill was about. So it seemed like just uh, yeah. not the right way to go with it, especially when we're just all, everyone's harping on immigration. And and now it seems like Rand is too. I mean, he had this, uh, this whole ad out going after uh, Rubio and Cruz for, for their, for being late on, immig- on immigration, where he wants to clamp down on immigration from 34 different countries in a, just a blanket way. And I just, uh, it just, I mean, he was good in many ways in many other areas, but, um, I don't get that. It, it just doesn't seem like a natural extension of any kind of philosophy he adheres to the whole, you know, immigration ban thing. It, it just seems like it's a olive branched neocons. It doesn't fit his general agenda and I can't stand it, but I, I don't see how he defends it every time. I think you're right. And I don't think it helps him at all. No, it, it, it yeah, just pretty confuses stupid. his message. It, turns like us off to him and the neocons are never going to accept him he's the least memorable probably tonight nobody will remember what he said because he doesn't have any you know three-word phrases catchphrases i mean he didn't learn anything from his dad ron paul Uh, had 
end the Fed, bring the troops home. And you can argue with, you know, whether, you know, to that extent, if, you know, if it's right or wrong and what level you should actually do those two things. But it was definitive and it was very yeah. Trumpian, you might even say, as you mentioned yeah. to us uh, earlier today in an email. That people could get behind. That there are some shared qualities of Donald Trump and Ron Paul that people might not really realize. Indeed. That, Indeed. That was a, yeah. they, they put things very simplistically. They, uh, they, do, they have the same phrases they use over and over, and they say things in a not a strong way in Ron Paul's case in terms of attitude, but in a, in a confident way that this is what I believe and I'm not backing down. And that's, I think, why people latch on to Ron Paul, and that's why people are latching on to Donald Trump, content aside. Boom. Was, was that an I, Odie I, original thought? Because that was a, a very um, thought-provoking email I got today. Are you claiming he might have plagiarized it from a, a wiser know. man? Just, I thought I, of that myself, and I think I might expand on it and write a 35-page uh, white paper on it. And uh, Well, at least write a six-paragraph blog post. <laughs> I think that's a, a nice compromise if you don't do the white paper. I think they gave Paul more time just because he's the only one saying anything different. It's just boring to have everyone keep saying the same stuff over and over again. I think that's why – that might be part of why they wanted him in there. Just like let's have – a kind of different point of view a little bit. Well, you know, our resident Rand Paul expert, Brian McWilliams, had a theory a couple weeks ago on uh, Rand Pauluses and minuses that because of the CNN, I guess, email gate, where one of the CNN reporters was basically caught colluding with the Clinton campaign to besmirch the name of Rand Paul during the uh, Benghazi hearings, that he his theory was they would be a little bit nicer to him. And maybe that's why he got into the debate. I don't know. Maybe that's why he got seemingly more time, more time than in the past. I'm looking at the Drudge poll, who won, and right now it's uh, the top three are Trump, Cruz, Paul, which I kind of agree with too. It's Trump forty-seven percent, Cruz twenty-four, Paul. This 12. is his like online poll, right? Not yeah, uh, the online the Drudge report right. poll because the the national polls never put Paul anywhere anywhere. <laughs> no, but I, that's what I would have thought. I mean, I didn't agree with what Trump and Cruz were saying, but they performed well. I thought. Kind of surprising that Carson dr- drudges Carson down at like under one point five percent. Yeah, I thought he did better than that. Really, <clears throat> yeah. I, don't, I don't think Carson I, has done better than anyone ever. I mean, I just it's so <laughs> uninspiring, and That's I don't. True. He doesn't really know. It seems to be a whole lot about politics. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, when you wouldn't get in the middle of that. The question. Oh my God, that was he the just, worst. He just didn't know what to say. Wow, answer. that was unbelievable. That so was I'll leave it between that. I've ever heard. For those life. that didn't see the debate, there was a. I think I believe it was when Rubio and Rand Paul were kind of going back and forth about was it was it the NSA spying thing at that point. I don't remember. Or was it immigration? Asked, Either way, it was, it was about like, immigration. Yeah. It was about immigration, right? Is when they're having their immigration spat, and she, uh, the uh, the commentator said, "Hey, Ben, do you want to get in on this? And you know, which side, whose side do you fall on?" He said, "Oh, I, I don't want to get in the middle of a fight." He, he had, <laughs> I bet he doesn't even know what they were talking about. I mean, no, I'm, not yet. I'm not even joking. He was asleep. That, he no, was asleep. that's right because it it immediately reminded me of this weird memory from college where this kid, <laughs> this for some reason, like we were walking to class, I bumped into him. He's like. What did you think about that book we had to read? I was like, uh, uh it doesn't matter. <laughs> I couldn't think of it because I didn't read a page of it. And I was like, why is this kid asking me about this? It doesn't matter. And that matter. was exactly Ben Carson. He's like, uh, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, I don't want to get involved. And he could not admit that he just zoned out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably will doom your presidential campaign. I'm sorry. I got to be honest. I totally zoned out right there. <laughs> 
You know what? I would have appreciated his honesty if he had said that. I would have identified with him because I, I zoned out in a bunch during, during this debate. It was a challenge <laughs> you know, to keep myself even half attentive. I thought the highlight was uh, Paul's Bridgegate call out on Christie. That was fun. Answer. That, that was, was good. Uh, Why don't you recap that one for us? Uh, because I know a lot of people li- listen to the show that are, do that do so in lieu of actually watching the debate. So just uh, for those that, that missed it. Does anybody remember exactly what was said? I, I missed it. Oh, I put I you was... on the spot there. Well, what's Bridgegate, Odie? You know about that, right? So, well, I, I forget. So, the, what oh, were they I talking know. about? They were talking about. They were talking about this. judgment, and they're like, "Oh, it might be you don't want to elect somebody who like, uh, oh close yeah, up a, close up a bridge to stop his friend from getting somewhere." Christie, Christie had just said that. Oh yeah, I w- yeah, I would shoot down Russian planes. Of course, I would shoot down a Russian plane. And then somehow Rand got pulled in, or they asked him about it, and he said, "Yeah, well, you know, a guy like that, you know." Might might be the same type of guy who's like, oh, you know, maybe I, I, I don't like the guys who are, uh, you know, the the, the the Democrats from going against. I'm gonna shut the bridge down. I think he even put in a little Jersey <laughs> accent there. <laughs> I need to go on YouTube immediately after this because I was. Yeah, we'll link to the full story about Bridgegate, but I do remember there was a whole campaign about that. There were even billboards, I think, up in Pennsylvania, weren't there, about that? Yeah, Dom Sedoti is our Bridgegate expert, and we haven't okay. heard from him in like a year or two years. So. <laughs> well, uh, well, A, we'll first confirm he's alive, and then we'll try to get him on sometime. Dom, if it. you hear this, contact <laughs> us and let us know the scoop. Tweet us at, at Lions of Liberty that tell us you're okay <laughs> and about Bridgegate. Anyway, it was a good jab. So the, the Chris Christie thing that really blew my mind is how eager he was to go to war with Russia because they may fly a plane over Syria. He was not the only one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Carly yeah. Fiorina, everybody. I believe literally all of them are for a no-fly if, zone. If you step back and think about it, though, isn't it? Except just, for Trump. Trump, yeah. Like, okay, you, the U.S. tells a second country they can't fly over the airspace of a, a third country, and, and we're going to go to war over that? Yeah, here, let's... Let's put even more logic into this. They're saying we need a no-fly zone so we can have safe zones for the refugees. Okay, who's bombing the refugees <laughs> from, with, from planes? They have like little like refugee camps, and who? ISIS doesn't have planes. Like, who the hell is bombing them? Yeah, none of none of it makes sense. So this is obviously ulterior motives. They don't want Russia getting involved here. This is our little thing we got going on for what it seems that russia would be on the same side as us because they're also pissed off at isis yeah but the reality of the situation is that this has not, uh, the action in syria has zero to do with isis in reality you guys got to yeah. listen to jen bryany's podcast congressional dish she does a whole episode on syria and plays back the clips from all the he- recent hearings when they're talking about it and every single general and every single politician ends up having to say well no our policy is to oust assad yeah our policy is to oust assad she plays like 10 clips and all different people saying it they say it over and over it has nothing to do with ISIS. We're in Syria. They want to be in Syria because they want to oust Assad. They don't say why, but I imagine there are many geopolitical reasons, perhaps including the the control of natural resources that might play a factor. Yeah, I don't understand why I hate him so much. We used to work with him. <laughs> yeah, that, that, isn't that how this always works with U.S. schizophrenia? They used to work with Saddam. They used to work yeah, with true. Gaddafi. And then they're some, then then, then they're suddenly the with worst the people. Taliban. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> why would anyone go into business with the U.S. government? You're going to become a terrible person in 20 and years. And you wonder if, why if I'm you suspicious these rebels we're working with. 
<laughs> like they're crazy. They're just gonna get a bomb on their house in twenty years once they sign up with the government. But whatever. What about uh, what about the wall? You had Donald Trump bringing up the wall again, and he he went on saying, "Yeah, the wall will stop terrorism. The wall will stop the drug trade as well." What about that? That seems. Uh, does he not know about how every week they find a tunnel that goes under San Diego? It goes like from Tijuana to San Diego and all across that border. I mean, is this wall supposed to go deep into the earth as well? Just look at El Chapo's prison break. They're great at building tunnels. Yeah. I, I think El Chapo is like take is listening to this debate and he's taking up that challenge. He's like, I will get through your wall, dumbass. Does he still have oh. like the hit out on Trump? Well, yeah, I also heard El Chapo has a hit out on, on ISIS. El, El Chapo <laughs> said no, that no, he no, that, that turned out to be not true. That the was friend of your – oh, that was bullshit? Okay. Well, did yeah. you hear the uh, friend of your friend threaten ISIS? That was great. Who? A cop? The mob. Oh, the mob. Oh, yeah. The Chris Christie's boys. <laughs> yeah. Like the Gambino crime family said, yeah, ISIS, don't come around here. <laughs> I kind of zoned out for a second. I heard they started talking about the triad. I thought they were talking about like the Chinese mafia. I'm like, what? What does the triad have to do with any we're of this? We're enlisting everyone. I, I thought it was funny for that. I the mean, Yakuza the are coming over to help fight. I had no idea what they were talking about with the triad. I didn't know what that was until Rubio explained it as being like what, what like part of it is what the like air missiles and submarine. something else. So we have to update the submarine, but why? Why do we need to update the submarine? Because it, it's 34 years old or whatever, whatever it, random. I mean, our, like, it doesn't seem like when the, the submarine was made, I know nothing about the military, but it seems to me that that was a Cold War thing. But ISIS isn't developing anti-submarine technology. Yeah, so, it's funny how they ta- they spend two hours launch nukes at ISIS from subs. Yeah, I mean, they spend two hours <laughs> talking about ISIS, and then all these guys are talking about how we need to, you know, update our planes and our and our submarines. But like, I mean, that's not how you're going to beat ISIS. That's how you're going to beat like Russia or China. And if right. and from the sounds of it, they want war with those with at least with Russia. So maybe Unless that's Ted the Cruz real reason. Was serious about turning the the desert into glass. God, did, did, did he say that <laughs> in this debate? Huh? Did he say that in this debate? He wanted to see. He the, said the, it, the he said it before the debate, and they asked him during the debate. They're like, "Did you really mean that?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, he, he said it. he wanted to see if sand could shine. Right? Wasn't that his line? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, want to see if the sand could if, if sand glows. Oh, okay. Pretty, yeah, that's oh, that, right. that was it, right. That's a pretty psycho. <clears throat> AKA, I'm gonna yeah. nuke Syria. And that's how we'll oh, stop ISIS. That's Almost a- as psycho as Donald Trump, or probably equally as psycho as Donald Trump saying he's going to or wants to kill family members, innocent family members. That, that, is, that is a bit troubling. Is it just me, though? I don't feel like either of them mean it, any of that. No, I, just, I'm with is you. Is that my wishful thinking? And when he just explains it a little more, he says, you got to go after them. When they, he's, he's talking about people that know about it. This lady knew about it. This one know about it. And, and I mean, really, if, if you're just talking about harboring terrorists, like, that's a legitimate crime to prosecute people for. So, it, again, it feels like one of those things where he kind of means that, going after family members who harbor people that are planning something. And then it comes out like I'm gonna kill other their family members, which maybe he means too. I, I mean, I don't really know what to believe from any yeah. of these guys. And I think I think Rand did. I mean, Rand tried to confront him on that and saying, you know, it's, you're violating the, the First Amendment and um, what the. the I think that Amendment was another mistake going after Trump again like that. I mean, Rand should Rand should learn by now. Probably, yeah. He should have asked him. You should have tried to get him to specify more. Well, aren't you really just trying to? You know, just uphold the rule of law. Don't we already already have a law for that? Somebody harboring terrorists? But I don't know. But yeah, go going after Trump. That's that's going to backfire on Rand. It's I mean, it's backfired on him every single time. 
It's more interesting looking at like uh, not the politicians, but the electorate with all this. What's selling right now? What's like rocketing Trump to the top? Like maybe they shouldn't be using common sense arguments. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know speculation on whether. Trump's numbers are because of just name recognition or actual favorability. So I think the first couple um, primaries will really tell the story because he, he complained about in one of the questions, like every question you leave with Trump this, Trump that. But secretly he has to be loving that because the more his name is mentioned, the better his numbers are. And, and that's what really is probably building his numbers is every time the media says Trump, a person recognizes Trump, and it just feeds into you know his numbers going higher and higher. That's exactly what it is. There's no, there's almost no bad PR when it comes to politics like this, and and the, these polls are just reflective of, like you said, who's heard of this person the most. That's like, I mean, that's the trigger answer, the trigger response that people give to these polls, and they are kind of meaningless when I mean when it comes to policy. But he's getting huge crowds though. Yeah, I mean, he's popular. I, I don't think it's a mirage or anything. I just think those aren't just people that know. Oh, oh I know that name. Those. Dude, I I personally know a lot of people that support Donald Trump. More of a shocking number. Too. Can you get some of these people on to interview? <laughs> because I need to know more about them. Okay. <laughs> I haven't met a Donald Trump supporter yet, and I need to. F- I'll listen to what here's. Uh, that might just be a location thing. I mean, I don't know any Donald Trump supporters out here, but I do know plenty of Bernie Sanders supporters. And I, I mean, Odie, are there any are, are any Bernie supporters out there in in Pittsburgh, or is it more of the Trump? Crime? I've never, I haven't encountered any Bernie supporters. <laughs> See, really? that's exactly it. I think I depending both. on where you're from, you're, you have both, Howie. Yeah. I don't think I know any Fiorina supporters. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. I don't think she knows any Fiorina supporters. <laughs> See, are there any case is there any strong Kasich supporters around you in Ohio? I don't know any supporters. I don't know any I don't know any Rubio supporters. Well, it's funny because that was Kasich's main main point when they gave the closing statement. He basically just said, hey, you got to win Ohio to be president. And I was I'm, actually I'm interested to hear what he had to say once he said that. And then it, it I just zoned out because there was I don't like think that's really true, though. factors. Well, it's just a co- it's more of a coincidence than a. You know, because Ohio is a swing state but has a decent amount of electoral votes. So, yeah. um, it's it just, it's kind of like a, I don't know what the expression is, but yeah, you do need to win Ohio because it's like winning Florida or Texas. It has a lot of electoral votes. So, if you're going to win Ohio, you're going to be in good position. But Kasich isn't winning Ohio. So, in order <laughs> to win Ohio, though, you got to win a bunch of states before that, right? Is he a popular yes. governor? Yeah. <laughs> not, not really. I mean, he's popular enough to to win re-election if he if he goes for it, but he's not like just he has the vote locked up or anything. We don't have that re-election in Virginia. You just get one term. That's no. good. <laughs> yeah. Then you go, then yeah, you go to jail. I don't think there's been a popular governor in Pennsylvania in my lifetime. Every governor's hated. At least it seems that way. Was Tom Ridge hated? Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe I missed one. He, he was, was he kind the guy of... that uh, came out for or against the Eagles? Wasn't there one? No, that was Ed Rendell. And the, the city of Philadelphia <laughs> loved Ed Rendell. But we're getting way off topic here. <laughs> well, what is <laughs> There's topic? no such thing as off topic. Tom Ridge became like the head of the... Department of Homeland Security when it first started, I think, after he was governor of Pennsylvania. I remember that, yeah. Okay, so here's an interesting question because, all right, the next Republican debate is not for a month, thank God, and on January 14th. So 
Here's a few questions. Uh, let's just start with one guy. The one guy who we all agree is at least probably the least bad and, and on most things is much better than these guys, and that's Rand Paul. In a month from now, before Iowa, though, you know, so and he's claimed he's going to stay in the race until Iowa, and who knows what can happen in the next month. Will Rand Paul be in the debate? Let's start with uh, whoever, Odie. Um, to be in the debate, you got to have what CNN was. Well, the, well, we can't say Iowa. because we they can't say because the, the they change them for every debate. Yeah. They think, are they've been making them stricter. Yeah, they're trying to tighten them up yeah. as the race goes along, so they don't have a ton of candidates. Every, you know, I guess towards the end. So I, I do imagine that they'll they'll kind of trim the fat a little bit next time. I, if, I mean, if you look knows? at like the type of person that would vote for Rand Paul, they're probably either. Uh, a line that they're not voting, they don't have a candidate, or they're with Cruz or Trump. And his attacking of Trump is not going to get him any of Trump's people. And Cruz is growing. Uh, he's getting more support. So I don't think there's much more room for, for Rand to grow right now. So I'm I'm going to say either he barely squeaks in again or he's or he's out. So yeah, well, not looking I, good for, for Randy Pants, as we say. You got to compare him to the other kind of fringe guy, people like Christie or Kasich. Or, uh, well, I guess Carson's up there, but um, I don't know. There was another one I can't. But is he going to be above them? Can he beat one or two of those other kind of fringe people to, to kind of bump up his numbers a little bit? I, I think he can, but his message today just was not really inspiring. So I don't know how he, he builds on any kind of numbers he has right now. I thought he just said some good stuff, but... In the long run, I think he's gonna be uh, Cruz's VP. <laughs> you think? You really think that? Yep. That would shock me. I don't think Cruz would make him his VP. But is that a good career move for him to be VP, VP? as as opposed to like where would you rather be right now? Would you rather be Joe Biden or uh, Mitch McConnell? I would rather be Joe Biden for sure. I don't I think, think anybody wants to be Mr. I'd McConnell. much rather be Joe Biden <laughs> in, in life in general. I mean, I'm well, not, not but, politically, but. <laughs> but as, in, in terms of Washington, D.C. power structure, Probably don't you think Joe McConnell Biden. has more power than Joe Biden? Joe Biden's the president of the Senate. But okay, in, in the day-to-day -day operation in reality, probably. If there's a tiebreaker. Well, I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Has that ever happened, like, that we can even remember? <laughs> that well, yeah, but he doesn't have constituents calling his office and harassing him, you know, you know, have to worry about yeah, he, he voting. Doesn't any, he doesn't do anything. Like, Obama's like, go to uh, Serbia and talk to their vice president. You, you do as much as the president. <laughs> go have a drink with this guy. All right. Yeah. Bring me back a souvenir. Bring me back a magnet. <laughs> Like, what is he doing? Do you think that's Joe Biden's primary role? Is he's like, make just make sure you get the magnet, Joe. It's your only job. It's the only thing I care about. I need a magnet yeah. from every city. <laughs> like that. If, if if Cruz if Cruz really is the nominee, it's going to be. It's definitely not going to be Rand. I, I don't think as as his VP. It's going to be someone we probably haven't yeah, even so heard of or aren't thinking of that kind of is a little liberal to you know. Or a little bit less uh, right wing than Cruz. So, so is Johnny Rocket prophetic? Because on our Thanksgiving special, he he said he thought Cruz was going to be the nominee, and we all laughed at him. And it's starting to look like that is at least a possibility. It's still Rubio. I said that last time too. You think, uh, I think Rubio Rubio's or Cruz? Done. I think Rubio's on the way down. Way Another out. predict something else I could see happening is a Trump Palin ticket. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! That actually terrible. wouldn't shock me because <laughs> that would be perfect for Trump. Oh man, that would be amazing. Like that. 
They would eat that up. I might have to support them. I don't know. It would just be so ridiculous I couldn't know. (laughs) The media would eat that up, and (laughs) liberals and progressives would would lose their minds. She was there tonight. Did you see her? I didn't because I don't. Didn't she say something like whether it's Trump or Cruz? Like, yeah, and she said, she said, what a wonderful problem that is to have. She's planting seeds. She wants in. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful problem. She's the only one who thinks that way. She knows how to deal with Russia. (laughs) <laughs> Talking about Rand again, I, th- I really think he whiffed on his closing statement. I mean, oh I, my I, god, I thought it was the worst closing. Yeah, statement. I, I'm not saying the yeah. debt isn't a major problem. I, I mean, a million dollars a minute—that's a good statistic to put out there to highlight that issue because that's insane. Uh, but it's just—it's nobody. First of all, nobody gives a shit. His <laughs> um, opening statement was great, though. Recap well, the opening statement for everyone. That was the well, one where you he like talked about, about like uh, how Trump wanted to shut down the internet. And, oh yeah, and, it, it uh, was a good statement. Like Rubio wanted to, I don't know. Yeah, he he went after he Rubio and Trump all this, and like authoritarian positions of the other candidates, and it was great. Yeah, he basically came out in favor of the First Amendment and against the uh, police state, and the pretty. I don't know if it was succinct. He kind of went on over his time a little bit. Yeah, but. there was no refugee nonsense, and you know, it was good. And then kind of went downhill a little bit. What, I don't know. He, he I thought he had good to, moments. What was he trying to accomplish with that closing statement? It, it blew my mind. Like, that he's a true he conservative. That's the thing he likes to say over and over and yeah. over again. Well, but I hate inspiring. <laughs> it seems with... no one gives a crap about true conservative anymore because Donald Trump's leading in the polls. And I think these people have to start asking themselves why that is happening. And it's not because Donald Trump has ever said he was a true conservative. Here's, after... here's something I, uh, something I was reading today on a Libertarian Girl's Facebook page. She had like this, uh, they were talking about the EPA. The EPA released some new regulation. And there was Trump's response and Rand's response. And Libertarian Girl was saying how great Rand's, Rand's response was and how bad Trump's was. Trump's was, yeah, the EPA made this regulation. Now I can't wash my hair because I don't have enough pressure for the shower. And Rand's <laughs> with this huge, long thing, like five paragraphs. Seinfeld episode? It's, it's like, I mean, yeah, Trump, Trump nailed it. And Rand, I mean, Libertarian Girl's arguing about how, you know, Trump's, you know, just talking in these uh, you know, just quick. Uh, that's what people eat words. up. Yeah, that's what people want. I mean, yeah, he's running a, a politically brilliant campaign. It's it's frighteningly genius, actually. And if you want to argue that against that, anyone, guess what? Well, let's see what happens. Because I mean, if he if this guy becomes the nominee, then you can't really argue with it. And it's really looking like that's a very, very, very strong possibility. What could the RNC do to sabotage him at this point? Like without. Nothing. I mean, that's never nothing. Well, I mean, he could if they try to sabotage him. He could totally sabotage them in return. Because he can, he has that independent bid that he can hang over their heads. Is that that's why they asked that question tonight? Yep. They love asking that. And he basically said, "No, no, I love being a Republican now. This is fantastic." But you know, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no. They know if he, they do something, he will do that, and Hillary Clinton. Will. Well, yeah, but if they do it at the convention, then it's kind of too late for him to really launch a. a that, that's campaign. what I was thinking. But could they sway? Because de- delegates don't have to theoretically vote. No, for- they don't. Not so. after some are bound, but after if if it did get to um you know through a two or three rounds of voting at some point delegates become completely free if they really have a true a true brokered convention. So they could do a lot of you know, behind the scenes persuasion or whatever the case may be to 
They could, kind of... although the ironic thing is they changed a lot of rules in 2012, and the idea behind the rules was to prevent future instances of, of grassroots, I guess, you know, coalitions like, like they had with Ron Paul, yeah. uh, the, and make it easier, essentially, for the frontrunner to smooth their way through the convention. <laughs> the irony of the, the wonderful irony of all this is they never thought a frontrunner would be the one that they re- didn't want to get in. So now but, they, they're faced with an interesting little scenario. But didn't they change a lot of rules at the convention? So they yeah. could... For, for next, for then that applies to next year's but, as well. But couldn't they change those rules again? Like, what's to prevent them from just changing? Oh yeah, they yeah. can. Anything can be changed on the fl- by yeah. votes on the floor. Yeah, they can so. do anything. If, if the, there is the a brokerage, has, convention, sorry, Howie, the fact that he has billions of dollars, he could mount an independent campaign pretty late and still get all the signatures and get all the crap done that he needs. Yeah, it would be really. He doesn't even. He doesn't even need to get on every ballot. He just needs to get on enough to make sure the GOP loses. Well, that's a good point. I guess he doesn't. I mean. I guess he only needs to get on enough ballots to win the presidency if that's his goal or on enough to disrupt the whole process if that's his goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to say this. If nothing else, Trump has made this one of the most interesting and what would have been an otherwise extremely boring uh, GOP race. Uh, he's made it interesting, much like Ron Paul did. I wish Rand Paul was the one making it interesting. Uh, I think he's doing an OK job recently. And but I mean, he's just not an inspiring guy. And I, we talked about it with the with Chris Mangle and Greg Lenz of We Are Libertarians. I mean, we want to like him. Everybody wants to like him. We agree with him more than anybody else by far. But he just doesn't inspire voters. And look, he's look at the. Listen to the way we talk about him. I mean, yeah. we want to like him, but we're not inspired by him. I mean, we we spent the last twenty minutes talking about Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I love, I love what they up. said, what Chris and Greg said about Rand having the libertarian disease. <laughs> how it always comes off like he's lecturing, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cite, you know, cite these uh, different passages of the Constitution, and I'm so <laughs> smart, and this is why this this way." And then Donald Trump says, "Uh, you know, because you know, we just need to keep the Muslims out." And it's it, fantastic. It's, <laughs> it's a phenomenal job. Yeah. Rand Paul I mean, is like the only guy Trump didn't compliment tonight, by the way. Did you notice that? Everyone else, he's like, yeah. oh, this guy is the greatest. Ben Carson, finest man you'll ever meet. He's like, Ted Cruz, wonderful man. Jeb Bush, so, so nice. So, so nice. Carly, wonderful <laughs> woman. Just never, well, then, never then says a word about Then he almost got in a slap fight with Jeb at a later point. Oh, that was, but... yeah, that was, that was fun to watch, I guess. Is, is Trump like the new Machiavelli? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if, he becomes, if he becomes president, he is. Yeah, it would be like... Anybody who's trying to like come to power, you just follow follow the Trump process, dude. Who is his campaign manager? Because he I must think be he the is. Pr- I think he is. He's his own campaign. No, there's somebody else. My Tony, mom was. I think it's Tony Robbins. He has a technical team, but I just think everything I've heard is, I mean, he's not really controlled by advisors like other campaigns are. He he's the he has a campaign manager, but he's the guy really calling shots. You know, is this just like a product of? Basically, his TV show just doing market research about how people respond. And all of a sudden, he's like, I know how what people respond to. I can just say this, and my numbers go up. And it, it just grew out of that. I mean, it seems like it, right? Yes. No? No, <laughs> no okay. absolutely. I think he's <laughs> I using his knowledge from all areas of business, all areas of negotiating from all these years. And I, I think it's all kind of coming together to in this perfectly frightening <laughs> combination uh, that may see him as the president and the man with his finger on the button. What would be kind of, enter- well, really entertaining is just a one-on-one debate with him and Hillary because I I don't think he would be able to bite his tongue. I think we might see every kind of <laughs> derogatory Unless the conspiracy theory is true and we've all been played and he's just coming in there to lay down for Hillary and, and 
bow no out way. or There's whatever. No way. I, I don't no think way Hillary's going to win the Democratic nomination. Really? Really. Who is? You think Bernie's going to win? Well, he's the only other one. <laughs> well, there's Martin O'Malley. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, me, um, Martin O'Malley. We'll, tell we'll us see. How, it's, if how she loses this. in like New Hampshire and Iowa, the news frenzy that's going to go on about him, it'll be just like Obama happened. It, tables will turn. They're going to love the story. And She's it, polling highest in all these places, though, right? She was last election like this, too. That's okay. That's fair. I mean, you mean, or eight years ago against Obama, right? But when she ran against Obama, she was doing this well, and he was doing like as poorly as Bernie Sanders, and then it all got flipped. And we do need to keep that one thing in mind because it, while it looks like Rand is is going nowhere, and I think that's probably true, and it looks like Trump is going to sail right in there, or maybe Cruz. I mean, things, crazy things do happen in election seasons, and uh, often, actually, pretty much always, they don't. I mean, I, I would say 2012 was the most boring time because actually that just happened like it. Everyone thought it would happen. the The boring front runner Mitt Romney came in, and, and the, the uh, you know incumbent president Rom, uh, you know Obama destroyed him. But you know, crazy things happen in elections, and uh, I, crazy things can happen here. I mean, Obama was the last crazy thing to happen, I guess. Like crazy as in it wasn't predicted at, at all. Well, it, hey, there's this one college that they do this like uh, mock election thing every every time. And I know at least the last two or three elections, they were right, and a, a bunch of others in the past, not like every time. That's like, but they, they went through it this year, and their winning ticket came up. It was Bernie Sanders, Martin O'Malley ticket one. And they're, uh, isn't that like asking the chicken to fucking walk <laughs> to, to, hey, to the right candidate? <laughs> they, they seem to be right more than chance. <laughs> It's like having your your girlfriend fill out the the you know the N the uh, Sweet Sixteen or whatever the NCAA yeah. poll with uh based on the uh, you know whatever yeah. like uh, mascot she like, likes best. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that doesn't mean they'll be wrong. And yeah. I think the other side of that was it was a uh, it was a Ted Cruz Rand Paul ticket, wasn't it? That's why you think Rand Paul is going to be the VP because you believe that mock was poll. It? Yeah, it was Ted Cruz Rand Paul. I just thought that because of Brian's conspiracy theory about their alliance. Oh, okay. Because really, what? it seems like the alliance is Trump and Cruz now. I think it might be Trump and Cruz. I think that might be the ticket. And, if it and, is, that just that just happens. It even it even sounds good. Trump and Cruz. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it does. It rolls out. Fit, fits on a bumper sticker. I don't know. I could see it. I don't see how the establishment thinks they can win. Like if you add up like Bush, Rubio, Kasich, all their numbers together, they still lose. Well, yeah, I, I can't up. believe they're not pushing you know Jeb out to try to prop Rubio up or pushing Jeb's down. tonight. He was really bad. He is looking more like Will Ferrell, as uh, Odie pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> if I Will like Ferrell that. ran as Jeb Bush instead, he might win. <laughs> <laughs> I would vote for Will Ferrell as Jeb Bush. Me too. Sure. Would it say like Larry it David say, is Bernie Sanders? Would it say would, yeah, would, in the ballot box? Would it say like Jeb Bush and then it parentheses Will Ferrell? <laughs> yes, as, as played by. He, he would have to play Jeb Bush the whole time he's in office, though. <laughs> and that's the rule. It, you it can do like, this, like Stephen Colbert's old character. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is unprecedented, and we'll allow it, but you must play Jeb Bush for four years, if or eight if it reelected. It's so. <laughs> It's so obvious with Jeb Bush, like they practice like this is first two or three answers, you know, like he, he comes off much better. Like the first 15 then minutes he just of the falls debate, apart altogether. it's like the old uh, scripted offense for an NFL team. Like, well, they scripted the first 10 plays and then after that they suck. And it's, it's Jeb Bush. He knows he just gets out his talking points and then he just stutters and stammers and goes down. He doesn't have any game plan. He he, he uh, blows his <laughs> he, load in the first 
<laughs> and that's like how Ben Carson is from the beginning. <laughs> he just never re- bothers rehearsing the first couple lines. Can Ben Carson have an alarm clock on his podium next time? <laughs> Ben's, Ben's campaign manager says, all right, Ben, first thing, moment of silence, and then from there, just go with it. Did he make, like, did he make a single good point tonight? No, no. He's never made a point. A point. He's never even made a point. How can he make a good point? Ben, next time you open your mouth, have a point. That's I like advice. how he whined about uh, the time. Like that was the first time they talked to him. He's like, "I just like to point out that you haven't given me much, you know, speaking time." <laughs> the wolf should have been like, "We're helping you out, buddy." Every time, <laughs> every time we go to York, I would be like, uh, "Ben, it's a two-hour debate. We don't have time to let you do, like answer more than three questions." <laughs> when will they start cutting the mics? That oh that one when Cruz kept going that looked bad on him. That was pretty good. That was real. Wolf awkward. was like, yeah, no, shut up, we're done with you. He, that he was yeah, that like, was pretty uncomfortable. He's like, but I'm the, I'm the debate <laughs> king. Why isn't this working? Why isn't my? <laughs> Do you know I was the de- champion debater at Princeton? I thought he went to Harvard. See, that's what I thought. And then the uh, then the guys, the we are libertarian guys, said it was Princeton, and then the... I, I yeah, what do they know? I apologize for being wrong, so maybe I was right. And he went to Harvard, Harvard Law. I'm pretty sure he might have went to Princeton undergrad. That's probably that sounds right. Terrible resume. <laughs> if, there, if only there was a way for us to find this information. Well, it's in the Ted Cruz presidential profile, which I wrote, but I can't remember what. Actually Can we wrote. go back to the kitty debate for a minute, where they said yes. like the lawyers were hampering the fight against ISIS? <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. up with that, Rico? Come on, man. <laughs> I guess I'm not at that level where I can affect. Were they, uh, were the lawyers like, listen, you guys can't torture some folks anymore. It's uh, not allowed to do that. Does anyone really think they're not torturing people? Like they're doing whatever the fuck they want, aren't they? And they just, I don't think so. No, it was Princeton by the way, where he was on the debate team. So I was wrong the first time, right. The second time. And, how it was wrong this time. You don't think torture is going on, whether it is like overseas and they say, I don't think it's the policy. I think maybe a onesie or twosie here and there. (laughs) A onesie or twosie. Has anyone referred to torture in such a cutesy way before? (laughs) Or twosie. Just a onesie here. I'm going to break your little pinky here. Oh boy. Just a onesie or twosie. Well, you know, when we're whimsically talking about torture, it might be time to to talk about winding things down. Um, Why don't we do a really quick hit? Just uh, one bold prediction. One bold prediction between now and the next debate. Odie, go. Bold prediction. Uh, Ted Cruz takes the commanding lead in Iowa, and Trump panics and starts attacking Ted Cruz, but um, it does not hamper or dampen his support at all whatsoever. Other bold prediction you said one I'm making too is um, hey, you can make someone's going to someone's gonna drop it. Someone's going to drop out. And I'm just gonna make something up now. Someone that's not that's not bald at all. <laughs> I'm gonna say that Rick Santorum will not drop out, but Pataki will drop out. All right, bye bye Pataki. All the people that thought he already did. <laughs> Sorry, Pataki fans. <laughs> One guy's like, wait, he's still in it. All right, um, all right, Howie, got a got a bold prediction for us. Um, over the holidays, Trump's gonna do or say more crazy things, and his poll numbers are going to go up higher and the, the RNC is going to freak out. All right. I think that's what might already be happening, but yeah. Um, Rico, what's your bold thoughts between now and the next debate a month away? The next debate will only have six people in it. 
All right. Three now that's three a solid. People, that's a solid prediction with some numbers. Three people will be either shuttled it. or otherwise removed from the main. Stage. You don't think they'll move anyone up from the kitty debate? They'll be cut. They'll be all cut. <laughs> cut out. Really? Who are they going to move up? Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I would love to see Lindsey Graham in this crew just because oh, no. for entertainment value. Alone. I just want to see Lindsey Graham sit in the audience and react to everyone. That would be good. <laughs> or if like the whole debate was had a split screen of Lindsey Graham on the side. <laughs> Shaking his head or, or his eyes bugging out or whatever it is. If he was up on the balcony like those guys from the Muppets that would like always. <laughs> I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to predict that uh, in, a, in a panic maneuver because uh, the establishment is freaking out. I think that a result of that is that Jeb Bush will drop out to focus on something like his family life or or what have you, and he will back Marco Rubio. How about that? Maybe maybe to box Mitt Romney. Maybe Jeb and Mitt will box. Can I make my prediction a little bolder? Sure. Everything I said before, but Trump's numbers will go up and become equal to or greater than Clinton's. So he'll have like 50, 60% in the polls. Yeah. All right. Probably like 50, 50, 51, 52. Flip it, flip it over to the other side real quick. Does anybody think we're going to see a Sanders surge or is or a, an O'Malley surge or something with Clinton happen? Or is this just going to play out as boringly as it looks like I, it's going to play out? I think Sanders probably has a better like ground game in New Hampshire and places like that. And we're going to think Hillary's going to trounce him and then voting will happen. And that's not going to happen. And he'll do way – I think he'll end up winning and people are like, what the hell? Then he'll start winning things left and right. Well, so you still well, think Bernie's going to win? Think Hillary's actually healthy enough to be president. I mean she can barely campaign. She can't – I mean she's so like uh, – she, she, they don't even put her out there really to campaign. Every campaign she's stop, fit? she's sitting down and she's very <laughs> – Casual talks. I don't know. I, I, She's I she a mother, a... John. It's hard to stay in shape, you know. <laughs> it's hard to get to the gym every day. Grandmother. Grandmother, too. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know, we could talk about more about that because uh, Mr. Snowden here is going to join me for a Democratic debate recap show this weekend. If you can believe that, it's a Democrat debate on Saturday and uh, on Monday. We're going to have another one of these shows. My God. My God. We're going to sit through a... Uh, Ah, another debate, but it's uh, at least there's less people in this one. That's kind of that's kind of good, I think. And there should only be one warmonger in this one. Yeah, only a uh, one to two, depending on Ma- O'Malley. I, I I don't know. Yeah, he goes back and forth. Well, instead of ISIS, it'll be gun control the whole time. So. There you oh, go. Oh God. Oh yeah, we're gonna really be annoyed. That is gonna happen. All right, boys. But uh, until then, until the next debate, um, and until uh, about a month from now, when I imagine a similar crew will gather together to discuss the next GOP debate. A lot of crazy things can happen. We'll be talking about them. Until then, folks, why don't you guys join me? Why don't you guys all live long and live free? free. By the way, Ted Cruz did go to Princeton and Harvard. Yeah, he went. Okay, he went to both. Princeton was the debate. I don't think he ever debated at Harvard. No, I can't say he never had a debate. Maybe you should though. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be one of those. All right, dudes, I'm over this. Uh, you don't have to argue later. No. I don't do anything. I surf the internet in court. God damn it, I should go to law school. <laughs> All How right. Does it take, like, two years? Break. Break? See you guys on the internet. <laughs> All right, see you later. Head of editing and mastering is John Dahmer. Contact johnny53 at gmail.com.